All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, your host for the evening. Uh, my co-host is running a. Oh, there he is. Um, my co-host for the night is AJ. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you, man? Good, good. Um, ready to get this show rolling, man. We got a uh, we got a good one for sure. Um, of course, we need to start off with. Uh, the unfortunate passing of Pat Summit and Buddy Ryan, two uh, two coaching legends. Um, you know, Pat Summit has the the most victories in NCAA basketball history, 1,098. Uh, Buddy Ryan, known for his outgoing personality, punching Kevin Gilbright, or kind of punching Kevin Gilbright, I guess. Um, you know, he. He he had his own you know revolutionary style of of uh, defense there you know the '85 Bears probably what he's most known for, um, but yeah very unfortunate just another another blip on the radar for 2016 man it's been a it's been a weird one. Yeah, absolutely, definitely uh, a shame to to have both of those losses, especially on the same day. But um, yeah, I mean I never. I never really was, you know, like I like I've said in the past, I'm not a huge fan of basketball in general. I do love college basketball more than the NBA. Uh, I feel like the players are actually playing for something, um, and you know, other than just millions of dollars. So um, I get that, but you know, women's basketball in general was just completely changed by by Pat Summit and I mean she she made it what it was and and what it is today and you know really paved the way um for for women's sports in general I mean she she's a hell of a coach and you know our thoughts are with her her family obviously during this time so you know and Buddy Ryan being a former Eagles coach you know he brought brought that swagger and and killer defensive instinct to the team and and you know we had a just a top defense at that time you know Clyde Simmons and and uh you know Reggie Reggie White uh just just ridiculous what what you know what kind of a defensive mind he was um and and how he changed the game from that side of the ball yeah, I definitely couldn't agree more, man. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely sad news for sure. It was a bit of a shock waking up yesterday morning and seeing that. Um, but I want to move on to one more piece of uh, kind of, I don't know, breaking news is the right word, but uh, it's been out for a few hours now. But Andrew Luck got a, a new huge contract, man. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Six years, $140 million, 87 of it is guaranteed. The largest wow. contract in NFL history. Yeah, I mean, you you knew something like this was coming with him, but you gotta you gotta kind of like ask, is is it worth it? I mean, we saw him struggle pretty bad last year, and at the end of twenty uh, twenty fourteen, even he struggled. Um, I mean, the Colts pretty much had no other way to go but to do this contract. I mean, who else are you going to go get at this point? <laughs> but, um, 
you know, I think it's worth it, but I think there's going to be people out there that are going to question it. Well, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I think it's a lot of money. No, I did not hear or see anything about it. Uh, I was I was working late and uh, you know didn't didn't get home and was doing stuff around the house. When I did get home, so I haven't even had much of a chance to to look at anything sports related. Um, you know, since earlier in the day. Um, yeah, I I think it's a lot of money to put out there for you know, a guy who, like you said, has struggled more recently than has been productive. Um, you know, obviously the injury slowed him down at the end of last year, but before that, he, you know, Indianapolis was not a good team last year. You know, they just didn't really have much going on. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I get it, but I feel like every – um, every new contract that we that we get is going to be the the new biggest contract for the NFL. Um, yeah, because that's just how you know that's just how these these always go. So I'm not surprised by that fact of it, um, but a little surprised at, at the the size. Well, I mean, you got to I think. One thing that probably gets forgotten in all this is the fact the I don't exactly know what the numbers are, but I know that the salary cap is going to be rising in the next year or two even. Um, so it, it sounds huge, and it's going to be a huge hit on them this year, but it's not going to be quite as big of a hit, I guess, the salary cap in the years to come. So it might not be quite as big of an impact. Uh, I mean, it's still – a it's, yeah, it's a crap ton of money for sure. Um, I, I kind of think that some of these players are, are a little too overpaid for being a salary cap sport like like that. When you got to pay fifty three other players, I mean, what do what are you, you going to do with the rest of your team? So you, you better hope that Andrew Luck can carry an offense for sure. You know, he definitely has the talent. He's shown it in the past. Can he keep it going? We've seen it not happen too. So that's kind of the question. But. Well, I think the I think the thing to look at and, and what they're looking at is, you know, that he carried them to the uh, AFC Championship game two years ago, and you know, no one except maybe Indianapolis fans really thought that was happening. But yeah, that's it, true. It did so, you know, I think uh, I think that that probably holds a lot of weight. They're looking at hey, this is the guy that got us almost to the promised land. Um, we think he can get us there with, you know, with the right pieces and, and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it does. Yep, definitely. All right, well, um, so today, today's show, my intro got all messed up there. It seemed like just kind of jumped into everything. Today we're going to cover some NBA free agency talk, some fantasy baseball news and injuries. and um, But first, um, I, I've mentioned this a couple different times. Uh, I was included or invited to be included in a, you know, air quotes, experts consensus, consensus top 100 rankings uh, put together by Jake Seeley 
over at Roto Experts and the Fantasy Network. And we actually have him on the line today to, to go and, and talk about these rankings. And let's bring him on here. Jake, you there? I am here. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Yeah, uh, let's talk about some of those rankings because you don't want to. Th- you don't want to use me for basketball. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, if if that's your, if that's not your thing, definitely not. Then. Um, so, um, wanted, wanted to have you kind of give the opportunity, give you the opportunity to just explain to all the listeners what these rankings were all about, kind of who is included, how you put them together, et cetera. Because I'll we'll probably not do it justice. So go ahead. <laughs> it's basically kind of the thought when, you know, NFL, the, you know, the network does their top hundred players for the past couple of years. It was just like, uh, we should be doing this for fantasy football. You know, we always talk about everybody's rankings and everybody's got this list and that list and we can go out there, but nobody's ever going to agree with everybody else. And everybody's always going to want to try and find three, four, five sets of rankings and try to piece them all together. So the whole thought behind this was just similar to NFL Network. Why not come up with the top 100 fantasy consensus rankings from about, I think we ended up with 23 or 24 experts including in this, including myself. I didn't make any comments, but I did include to the rankings. Uh, but basically that, that was the idea, is to get everybody's minds together, put out the list, and then go through the list as we released it 20 at a time. And, you know, now everybody can look at the rankings as the experts and say, whoa, I, I didn't realize he was going to rank there. Or, wow, I really like this ranking. Or what the hell were everybody thinking with this one? It's kind of almost a good hindsight for the experts themselves as well. Yeah, definitely. It made me uh, – I know that when I was looking at the rankings, uh, I mean, of course, you and I both are included with the Fantasy Pros rankings. So we see those, but I don't know how much of those I actually study after I've do, done them. I, I do them. I kind of look at them going, am I way off? Am I like way overrated, overrating one guy compared to everybody else? I kind of kind of do a comparison real quick, but I don't study them as much as I did this because you made us do an analysis of, you know, one or two players in each group of 20. And so it really kind of like I noticed, I kind of opened my eyes on, on a couple different players for for sure um and and that being said so you know you you had us go through and in groups of 20 uh starting from the bottom you you had us pick you know kind of guys that stood out to us either they were ranked too high ranked too low just guys we wanted to talk about for any reason at all you know we didn't like their haircut or something um what if i noticed that you know you didn't really do any of that though so my question to you to start off is who do you think out of the entire, you know, you can name a couple of different guys if you want a couple of guys that were ranked too high for your liking. Uh, right off the top, there was quite a few, which is, that was the surprising part too, is I thought it was funny. And that's why I didn't want to put in my own comments. Cause I kind of wanted to be the unbiased outside, just kind of watch everything. Uh, I had thought about putting in my own comments, but then, you know, I also didn't want to look like I was personally attacking anybody that I invited to this thing. But what the funny thing was is, as you, as I said, with the hindsight being 2020, is we have a consensus rankings, and then you saw quite a few players that a lot of people wanted to trash. Like, I actually sent out emails to people who were slower to respond than some others saying, all right, you can't talk about this guy because so many people have already picked him. And the three that were the biggest ones were Sammy Watkins at 30th overall. Nobody seemed to like that. 
Thomas Rolls at 40th overall, which I definitely am one of those people who don't like that ranking at all. Doug Baldwin at 48. Everybody thought, well, actually, I think there was one or two people who were on the side of Doug Baldwin, but most everybody didn't like that ranking either. There was a few others that I didn't personally like that we could you know, touch on too. But for all the top three, those were the biggest outliers and the ones that seemed to not only be on my list of being way too high, but a lot of people's list. All right. Sorry, um, I'm here. I was uh, <laughs> a little <laughs> preoccupied for a quick second. Uh, I had to uh, let the dog back in. Um, yeah. Who let I it just... out? <laughs> yeah, I, I let the I dog out. So. But uh, yeah, I think um, just overall, it, it's. It's a very interesting uh, concept, and I, I like the idea behind it. But looking at, at how you ranked everybody here, who do you, who do you think you ranked that was too low, or too who low? do you think was was ranked too low? Sorry. Uh, I would say I thought T.Y. Hilton should be a little bit higher. I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, I would say who else? Uh, let's see. Oh, I, there's two big ones for me. Me personally, Devontae Parker at 65, I have him higher because I have him higher than Jarvis Landry for this season. So it's not even so much overall that 65 is that terrible because I wasn't expecting as many people to rank him highly. It's more so for the fact that Landry and him should be a lot closer. And as I said, in my opinion, because these are standard rankings too for everybody listening. This isn't PPR. I think that Landry's still the better PPR option. I just think Par- Parker's the better fit, especially for the Gase offense, uh, similar to Demarius Thomas when he was running that offense. So I would have had him higher. And then I think the biggest one, in my opinion, Giovanni Bernard gets no respect, man. Uh, he was mid-teen RB in, in standard leagues, higher in PPR. Uh, he was by far better in yards per carry and after the, the touch – or after yeah, so after the defensive touch getting hit – uh, so I'm looking at him, and I think he might be the backfield of choice uh, option for that team. So Gio Bernard, I actually have higher than G- Jeremy Hill this year. I think even if you don't agree with that, you still have to have him higher than 70th overall. Yeah, Gio has been a monster as of late, and, you know, he, he just produces. Why, why everybody is still so high on Hill over him I, I don't understand. I mean, especially with the fact that so many teams are really going to this, you know, handcuff system of, of two backs where, you know, both guys are going to produce, you know, whether it's, you know, between the 20s and then the other guy is your, your touchdown vulture or if it's just a, a per drive type of thing where, okay, well, this first, you know, couple of drives we're going to get him in and then the second couple of drives we're going to get this guy in. But, yeah, I definitely like the the geo pick and think he's he's definitely a lot lower than he should be. Uh, one of the guys that I looked at, you know, just all the way at the end here, you got two two guys from Cleveland at ninety three and ninety four. Josh Gordon, I, I I mean, is he even going to play? Who knows? It, it, if he can literally get his head out of the cloud of smoke that it's in at, at all times, then maybe he'll be worth something. But Gary Barnage, to me, I mean, I feel like we've seen the Cleveland tight end train, like, come and blow up and then fall off the rails completely the next year. But Barnage was a monster last year. And, you know, he was very Gronk-esque. And I think he's way low. Um, 
and Zach Ertz too, really. I mean, just just the tight ends in general. Um, I think, yeah, and it's it's. I don't know if I, I have such a big problem. I definitely have him higher than ninety fourth overall. Uh, yeah. with, the, with the tight ends, because I, yeah, I have him in the 80s. So it's not that big of a gap. But the problem with this is I actually have tight ends lower as a group as a whole because if you actually look yeah. at them compared to the other positions, the production is not there without the touchdowns. But where I 100% agree is he's getting no respect because I have him higher than at least four or five guys in front of him at the tight end position. That's what's more surprising to me, especially like Travis Kelsey. How frustrated do we have to be year after year after year with this guy with how mm-hmm. he's used in that offense that we can't use Gary Barnage, as you mentioned, was second behind Rob Gronkowski last year. I have him ahead of Kelsey, Thomas, Fleener, Ertz, Eifert. I mean, you can go down the list, as I mentioned. i just surprised, as you are, to see where he is just relative to the other tight ends. Yeah, and with it being standard, too, I can kind of, you know, looking back and factoring that back into it, I do agree the tight ends as a whole – will fall a little lower, but it, it was just kind of surprising to see, you know, that was the first link that I pulled up was the, you know, the last set of guys. I was like, wow, this is all tight ends almost. <laughs> yeah, there was no tight ends in the very top tier. They just kept decreasing. I will give you two more that are ranked because they weren't even on the list, so you wouldn't find them, and anybody who looks at these lists wouldn't find them. I was surprised, and I think one of these might change as of today. It's been news of late with the Giants, but Travis Benjamin and Sterling Shepard both missed the top 100 by only 11 and 12 spots. They were 111 and 112. The thing I say about Travis Benjamin first is he was wide receiver 30 last year playing for Cleveland, as we were just talking about, with that quarterback situation. Now he goes and plays with Phillip Rivers. He goes with Phillip Rivers, who helped make Malcolm Floyd one of the top 50 in yards per catch all time. And you're telling me he can't be a top 30 receiver again? I, I just – I do not – I cannot fathom I, – I, my campaign, he's one of my campaign players this offseason to get more people on board with Travis Benjamin. And then Sterling Shepard, I thought the hype alone would have had him in the top 100. I have no problem with him being at 112 because it's not really that low, especially because that's in the area of Laquan Treadwell, Vincent Jackson, Josh Dox, and a few other wide receivers. I would put him ahead of all those guys. Uh, but I think as of today, if we had to redo these rankings today, I think he would sneak into the top 100. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually my, my next question. So you kind of kind of read our minds there. I was going to ask you who wasn't ranked that you thought should have been. <laughs> uh, so, all righty, next question. Well, I'll then. give you one more if, if you want. I'll give you one more. Sure, go ahead. CJ Prosize, uh, because he was down at 120. Uh, I keep saying that you guys should feel uh, privileged. This is the third show I've been on tonight. So I, I'm making an effort to be on all these shows, and uh, I made sure you were definitely one of them because uh, you asked early on, and I wanted to make sure we got on, especially since you took part in it, Joe. I appreciate that. But CJ uh, Frosice, you know, not to this date have we had one person say, hey, Thomas Rawls looks good in his recovery. Hey, Thomas Rawls is coming back, or he's running drills. Or he's... Nobody said a lick about him. The only good thing we heard – was Pete Carroll come out and say, hey, C.J. Procise looks great even though he missed OTAs. Not, hey, Thomas Rolls missed OTAs, but hey, no worries. He complimented Procise who missed OTAs. So to me, uh, I'm just looking at this team. Is Thomas Rolls even going to be ready for week one? And if he is, is he going to miss so much time that it's maybe a Cincinnati Bengals backfield where he's just sharing enough that Procise is Giovanni Bernard? And both of them still have value in – Thomas Rawls is still, as I mentioned earlier before, I didn't like his ranking at all. He'll still be an RB2, but to just dismiss C.J. Procise and what he can bring, I think is a mistake. 
Yeah, I mean, my, the way the, so I'll, I'll say the way that I attack these rankings because it, because it is so early. We're not even in camp. We don't really know kind of what's going on with a lot of these players yet. We're just reading rumors all over the place. We're guessing a lot of times at this point. Like, um, I I went into it expecting Thomas Rawls to be healthy. Now, of course, three weeks from now, if we find out that he can't put pressure on his leg, then okay, things change. But for right now, that's kind of why I ranked it that way. And I would almost bet that's why a lot of the other people ranked it that way. Um, so I know that there's a little bit of risk. Would I actually take – like the dogs are out again. Um, would I actually take Thomas Rawls right now? Probably not because there is so much risk around that pick, especially where he's going right now in drafts. But, you know, and, and again, you know, C.J. Procise – he would be a great value at, at this point, but you know that's kind of the way I ranked it because that's kind of all we're 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 knowing right now. You you do hear Pete Carroll say he can you know we expect him to be ready for week one. Okay, that's the last thing I've heard. <laughs> Is it true? I have no idea. Nobody knows if it's true. Only they do. No. Really, and that was weeks ago. Yeah, it was weeks ago, but I mean that's all we had to go on. So unfortunately, that's that's why I ranked him. You know, I ranked Rawls as the number seventeen overall running back. Uh, so maybe I ranked him a little lower than some people. I don't remember. Um, uh, definitely not as low as me. I ranked him twenty seven. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that's definitely a lot lower than me. So <laughs> it's uh, so so that said, you know, you, you did you did bring up some of the you know you had to email people and tell them, Hey, you can't talk about these, this guy. Cause so many people have talked about him already. How, who were the most debated players on the list? Uh, of all the people on the list, I could let me go through and I'll kind of scan real quick. I, I will say that Sammy Watkins kind of got a little bit of both. Um, Doug Baldwin, as I mentioned before, he got a little bit of mm-hmm. back and forth too, uh, which was surprising. The, but the most debated was actually out of the last, the top 20. There was, what we saw the two highest ones is the fact that Devontae Freeman was not only one of the biggest gaps, but there was, I'd say, three or four people loved him and three or four people hated his rank. Uh, he was surprising. Doug Martin, a very dis- divisive too, uh, both of them. And then Le'Veon Bell, because everybody was talking about the fact that he was number four overall. And you had basically two sides of it was you can't match his upside. So I have no problem with it. Or you had, well, now he's had injuries for two years in a row. So how could you validate taking him in the top five? Yeah. Fair points. All running back yeah. concerns, apparently. I, see, I still think he's been so productive when he has been healthy that it's, it's hard to, to try to oversee that. Um, I can see how he would, you know, kind of slip a little bit, but I still think Le'Veon Bell is a guaranteed first-round pick. Um, you know, we'll see what, what happens when he comes back, and hopefully he can make it through this whole season without uh, any more suspensions or, you know, injuries. But, um, you know, that that being said, we kind of already touched on, you know, the, the tight end trend, Um so I just wanted to see if there was anything anything else that surprised you about the rankings and if there was any other trends you noticed as far as various players or positions. 
Yeah, if anybody goes and uh, the trend I noted, if it goes and looks at the final top 20 rankings list, which came out this week, was I was surprised at the number of running backs that were in the top 20 after it seemingly most of the fans in the industry wanting to go zero RB, which I've never been that big of a fan of. Uh, I, I adhere to one RB. If I get out of the first two rounds with a running back, I'm happy because we have so few of them these days that get 20 carries a game and that you can trust week in and week out. That isn't in a Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard situation to reference them again, that you don't have to worry about, well, when they have the lead, you know, Jeremy Hill is going to have a good game. When they don't, it's going to be Geo. You just can't predict every single week, but looking at the running backs and wide receivers, wide receivers had two or three more early on. They evened out in the 41 to 60 range. When we got to 21 to 40, it was 11 wide receivers to seven. But then when we got to the top 20, it was 10 to nine. It was almost even. So for the whole thought of zero RB, it just doesn't show in the ranking. So while people might preach that, they're not ranking them that way. And I think that goes to what I've been saying is if you actually look at the rankings, it promotes, look, out of the top, what is it? One, two, three, eight picks. Half of them are running backs. Half of them are wide receivers. I think it kind of points to one RB being the smart pick. Yeah, that's definitely what I go with. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a bunch of friends that, you know, are, are on the zero running back train, and I see their teams in these mock drafts, and I'm just like, oh, your first running – like, you're, you're banking on injuries happening to have that running back have – any value at all like you're just exactly you're streaming running backs that's just a painful thought <laughs> they're already and bad enough and the only yeah the only way that i feel that that's going to work for you is if you dump your roster down to one starting running back and like a flex player that you could use another running back in and that's what will give you that freedom but i, I mean i'm not with, with so many leagues going PPR now, I know these rankings again are not PPR based, but everything everything on here PPR is, is the worst. still go ahead. <laughs> everything on here is still going that you know so many more receivers or not necessarily more. It's just so even, so much you know parity between the two just going through, um, and I think that's how it should be. I mean before probably five years ago, maybe, you know, it was always running back, running back, running back, running back, running back, receiver, running back, running back, you know, maybe quarterback. Um, if you were going after Manning or, or, you know, maybe Drew Brees or something or, or Rogers when he was really lighting it up. But now it's, it's switched levels so much to so many more people are taking a receiver with their first pick and, you know, my my one league that I run is kind of basis, uh, you know, the, it's a keeper league. So I have, I've always been able to have good running backs as late keepers. So I've been able to, to do that and not really have to think about it. But, you know, if, if you don't have that luxury of it being a keeper and it's a redraft, you really have to make a decision on who's going to help you more. But I still think you got to get one stud running back, no matter what. Yeah, and I, I like what you said about the if you're in a league with the one running back because there's a quick aside, which kind of really has not a lot to do with the rankings. But what I've done in my home league, and I've been trying, this is, as you know, my first campaign is getting rid of kickers. My, my, my second <laughs> one, 
is uh, I was going to talk about what, that actually. <laughs> were you, okay, well, you can, we can actually sidebar on that soon too. I, I'm glad that you're going to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> my, my my second one has been the fact that, as you know, I, I hate PPR. Not quite as much as Andy Beeren's, but uh, close. Um, but I'm okay with half PPR, so I, I relent a little bit the fact that it's not my biggest campaign. But for my home league, which I really think if more people just gave it a try, they would really enjoy it, is instead of doing – two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex. Well, as you know, I get rid of kicker and I add two flex. What I've actually done in the home league is it's one running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, so basically an NFL lineup, and four flex. Because now you can say zero RB. You can say I want a crap ton of wide receivers. You can say I want all running backs. It kind of really opens it up to so many strategies. You can go multiple tight ends. It just really opens it up to you draft, best player available what you actually think and construct your lineup to how you really think is best if you think five running backs is best go for it if you think five wide receivers is best and only one running back is the way to go then do it and I just I really think it gives so much more flexibility and interest into your draft yeah that would definitely uh definitely throw things for a loop in uh, DFS leap (laughs) (laughs) one position one running back one receiver one tight end Six players. <laughs> Dude, the uh, DFS articles would, would be a headache. Field day with that. <laughs> no, it would be. It'd be miserable because then, you know, the degenerates like myself would be there looking at it like, damn it, I knew I should have gone six receivers today. I, I, I knew it. I had the feeling. I wanted to do it. But, no, I had to go take Lamar Miller, and he put up a four spot for me. Thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do like that. I think that's pretty interesting. I might have to. I've been looking for ways to kind of rejuvenate my, my home league as well, the one I run. And, you know, I, I can't really reboot the kickers because people will bitch and moan about that um, because of the way that I have it set up with free agents and, you know, guys that just came out of nowhere being later round picks. I know that's going to set everybody off. But, you know, <laughs> we talked about maybe dropping running backs or whatever. But, we you know, we there's always – somebody that's on your bench that's outperforming a guy on your team and you couldn't play him because you picked the other three receivers you have and that guy ended up not being your flex or whatever. So I kind of like that spin on it. I might have to uh, put that up for a vote and see see what everybody thinks. And it could be a nice, interesting change. Yeah, and even make one of those flexes a super flex, which would be even better. But uh, uh, you can't do too much change at one time because I can tell you that from firsthand, as, as you well know, is you try to change anything and people just get their shorts in a crack. I don't understand why. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you want to do all that kind of stuff all at once, you just have to make a new league. Just say, not new league, we're starting from scratch, guys. You guys are starting over. Hey, if AJ, you want to start up a league like that, man, I'm in. I, I actually think that's really interesting, one running back and a bunch of flex. I, I was thinking about something like that, too. But, I mean, again, you know, we've been doing our league for, like, four or five years. Like, I just don't see dating changes like that made. Um, before well, we get to the kickers People are so thing, afraid of change, too. It's like, uh, what is, what is oh, all yeah. this you're, you're throwing at me? Like, there's going to be those three or four managers that, A, don't ever vote on anything as it is and B, are going to not know what the hell is going on when you do make the change. So The best argument, I guess, that you can just say always is what helps is you're going to score more points. You're, you're going to have more – because that's why people like PPR, which is, again, stupid. It's just people are like, ooh, more points, yay, PPR. Yeah. So just say more points in your flex, especially with a super flex, you're going to get more points, and that, that, that'll help a little bit. <laughs> 
Well, before we go down the road of changing leagues and kickers, I do want to ask you one more question. And if you don't want to answer it, it's fine. Or you don't, <laughs> definitely don't have to get names. Were there any responses you got that you had to like write back to the person and be like, I can't post that. You need to like edit it. Not because it was bad writing. It was just something you really couldn't post to the web. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't safe for work or something like that. Like, I don't know. It was just something random. No, surprisingly, no. The only thing I, I had to edit one curse word from Adam Rank. That was it. That was the only one. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And, I've had and it I, on here. And I just, I just put like, I think I put in like the little asterisks and stars or something like that or whatever, so you could still kind of tell what he was doing. Um, right. But surprisingly, I, I was shocked that I didn't have to get back to anybody and say, Hey, can you rework this? Or I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Or yeah, this can't post to the site because you got too graphic. That was the only one I had to edit one word for Adam rank. So I'm, I am a hundred percent pleased with everybody who took part in this. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I, I definitely appreciate it. I had fun doing it. Um, minus me being late this past week. So sorry about that. Uh, but you know, uh, <laughs> Some people have to bug every As I mentioned in this week's article, I will tell you one thing. If you ever ask the fantasy industry to do anything with the expert, don't ever give a Saturday deadline. I thought it was a great idea because it was like, hey, you have the entire week, so Saturday's like worst case scenario. I have to bug you again. No, everybody just waited till Friday, and then I have to try and bug them like on their mom on Saturday. And then Sunday rolls around. I'm still like, hey, uh, you know, check in. You were supposed to be in bed at 10 o'clock type of thing. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so getting back to kickers, so last week we actually brought up the getting rid of kickers, and I brought it up because last year I was in a league that did this. It was a brand new dynasty league, and there was no kickers. Actually, there was no defense, and I loved it. I, I was reluctant to, you know, I wasn't going to not join because of no kickers and no defense, but I was kind of reluctant. I was like, why are you getting rid of kickers? Like, I know they're kind of stupid, but. You know, it's kind of what we always do and whatever. But I loved it. I loved not having to deal with my kicker doing absolutely nothing because the offense scored six touchdowns that week instead and went for two twice. Or, you know, the other side of the coin is you get somebody who kicks five 50-yard field goals and you you got 25 points from your kicker. And it's like, what in the hell? Just kickers are so crazy to me. You need to help me because I know this is your big thing, like you said. You need to help me convince my co-host here that kickers need to go. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. What are the arguments for? How about that? What, do you, what could you possibly <laughs> still be arguing for kickers? My argument for kicker, the, the big one for me was the traditional aspect of it, and that when you started your fantasy life of playing football unless you started last year and you were happened to be in Joe's dynasty league then you didn't have to deal with it but the traditional lineup is that you have a kicker and yes there's days that they're going to get three touchdowns and and you know get three points for you or maybe miss a field goal and get a sweet zero spot for you that sucks but everybody goes through that every single person has a kicker and there's only one person that's got Steven Guskowski, so that guy's good for seven or eight points at least every week. But that guy also went out and drafted Guskowski in the probably ninth round 
because he had such a hard on for him and and wanted that eight points consistently every week instead of going and building depth somewhere else um, or finding that like nice bye week fill in guy. But that's the first argument. And yes, you have guys that are going to put up a bunch of points. But the other point that I like to make is that if you know that your league is going to award you for, you know, a 40 yard field goal, a 40 to 49, and then a 50 plus and give you four and then five points respectively, then draft that way. Look for the kickers that will, that, that aren't just shown as this guy's ranked sixth overall because he's going to get X amount of points. Well, look, look at the guy that's, that's over here that maybe, you know, anywhere from, from five to 10 points behind that guy, which equals out to a point a week. Um, yes, you can lose by a point, and yes, I probably have lost by a point. So I get that side of it. But if you can find that guy that, that you know is going to be a good kicker from farther away and he's on a team that doesn't have a great offense, but they're good enough to get him into range where he knows that he's going to hit a 30, 40, and 50-yard field goal every game, go out and draft that guy. I mean, you're, you're, you're only helping your cause by getting these guys that, that are on those teams. Or if you really want to get that geeky about it, go out and look at every kicker's freaking schedule, opposing schedule, and see if they are up against defenses that let up a lot of points to the kicker. And if it's a, you know, a quality enough kicker, then go ahead and, and try to draft it based on that. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can really look at it and make it to your benefit to have this other player to just literally punt a kicker uh, out of your league is, I mean, I get the argument behind it, but I, I just don't agree with it. There's a first off the top, the traditionalist in you, so we didn't used to use electricity. So if you want to cut this off and go to candles and everything like that, you know, it's like the way, thing, and the way I'll, things. I'll break done. out my telegraph so, and, and so, uh, you know, I'll go get some Morse code. Uh, leagues were actually one, two, two, one with no flex and three wide receivers for another. That's the way things used to be. So to say, like, we evolve, we change, we learn. Uh, PPR was a dumb mistake, but for all the people that want to argue for it is the fact that people were getting tired of running backs being the first 24 picks every single year, so people added PPR to give wide receivers value. So there have been changes, and I will say also, were, were you playing in 2007 out of curiosity? Was I? Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. Okay. The Do first, you remember the first fantasy league that I played in had one quarterback, two running backs, two, maybe three receivers, and a tight end, and a kicker. Yeah, I don't, that's what I was saying. No, and we had a defense, too. But it wasn't online. When I started playing fantasy football, I picked up a newspaper, if you remember what those are. Right, and, things have gotten better in fantasy and football. And I grabbed with no the, the, the box score on Monday, and if I had guys playing Monday night, guess what? I had to spend another 60 cents the next day and get another freaking newspaper to All look right, up well, my stats for Monday. But that's how I used convinced. to do it. So, so the, what I'm saying here is, so Rob Baronis is what I was going to say, 29 fantasy points in 2007. Nobody predicted that, and I know nobody predicted no. that because he wasn't rostered at the time when I went back and looked. And you were talking about drafting kickers. 
Well, you came into my wheelhouse for two things. Is one is I do strict the schedule by fantasy points allowed every single year, and I always talk about how it's not it's, it's not as predictable at the beginning of the season as it is later in the season because off season strength the schedule is I, I and I know a ton of people write articles, so I'm not trying to like disparage anybody's articles who write this. Let, let me preface with that. But strength the schedule analysis in the off season is pointless. There are so oh, many. I changes. agree with that. Okay, well, so if you're going to look at drafting kickers, you have nothing to base that off of because you're trying to base that off points allowed to kickers from last year, which you can't use because it doesn't work. And on my study, which you can go to the article, I still have it on – well, it'll be there forever. The definitive argument to ban kickers from fantasy football so you know what to search and Google for you and for everybody else. But for drafting kickers and where they finished, their negative – the 12-year average difference for the first drafted kicker is negative 10 spots. Second place is negative 12 spots. Third place is negative 13. Not until you get to the fourth guy is it even close at negative three, and then it starts to go back up again at negative seven, negative six, negative 10. The kickers – the only semblance of a kicker at finishing close – is for some reason, I can't even explain it, uh, is from 13, 14, 15, and 16 because they were all within like two to three spots and even positive spots. So there's been no predictability throughout history for the past 12 years. I wasn't going to go beyond that because I don't, I don't want to go beyond that. <laughs> I thought that was a good enough sample, but they've finished so much worse than, where, worse than where people have ranked to try and predict them every single given week is insane. Even Goskowski, as you mentioned, I will admit that, and I said that in the article, he actually has been – the most consistent kicker for most of his career outside the year that he missed. But any given week, the Patriots could score 42 and he gets you six instead of somebody who goes out there, the team scores, you know, 18 and it happens to be 18 points for the kicker because they were all field goals. So it's just why add, and this is what I'll leave it at. This is my biggest argument for it. And this is the most simple one is why add more luck to a sport where we get aggravated by luck to begin with when it comes to injuries uh, gameplay situation, stuff like that. Kickers just add luck. And the biggest thing is we want it to be a skill game and taking kickers out lets it be more skill, especially when you add a flex spot in replace of it. So you need to come around. You need to come around and join your coach. <laughs> yeah, I tried, I, I tried last week with a lot of those same, those same arguments. They weren't hearing it. I actually had uh, another writer for fantasy six pack on here and who's also in our, in our league. And, they weren't hearing it, man. I'm going to put it up for vote in our league, but it sounds like I've got two no votes uh, well, like already. I, said, so I, get, good... I get the basis of the strength of schedule, and I don't personally go out and look at kickers that far in depth because, like I said, it's way too geeky, and you're really not basing it on anything other than last year's stats, which with, between draft and off-season moves, defenses are not the same defenses for the most part. So, that part of it, I get. Yes, that's kind of a, a wasted art of trying to draft based on that. So I'll I'll, I'll agree to that. But <laughs> I still think that you can look at the points and and your your basis for saying, well, the the first guy is this many places negative. This guy is this many places. But where are those people getting drafted? Those are the guys that people are, are blowing their load early and, and going out because Goskowski's already gone. So they're going to try to go think that Dan Bailey is going to, you know, have it this year. And, and, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's going to score 15,000 touchdowns and 
you know, no, they're just going to be taking all the time to field goals. Outside of Goskowski, all these guys are drafted in the 16th round. There's no strategy. It's just, okay, who's on the board when my pick comes around? Well, they, they should be drafted then, but they never are. That's just my yeah. point. Everybody <laughs> reaches. There's a, it, it, if you don't have at least three people in your 12-team league that reach for a kicker before the last round, I'd be very surprised. And because those three somebody, people, outside, well, uh, two of those, two of those three people are drunk. <laughs> I, I, that's me, but I still will wait on a kicker more times than not because I don't care that much about it. I'm not looking at it as because you can't predict. Okay, well, I need to. You can't. You can't predict. But you can't. You can't predict. You know that a quarterback's not going to get injured in week three. I mean, you can't yeah, predict that your running fine. back is going to do this. Between injury and production. Well, true, but it's. You know, the whole game is luck. So if you get lucky, you get lucky. But everybody is on the same playing field with hoping to get lucky. We're in a market of trying to build hope in people that you're going to be good at something. Well, guess what? You might have a good team that you drafted, but you're screwed now. Injuries. Listen, Joe was bitching to me today about his injuries in baseball and, and how the guy that I just traded him. <laughs> oh my God! Him I was giving you a hard time. So, and and it's like, hey, I I feel bad about it. I legitimately do because I hate being on that end of the trade where it's like, oh, haha, you, I just I just dumped this guy off on you. Now you're not going to get to use him. No, when I trade for somebody and give somebody up, I'm looking at it that both teams are hopefully benefiting from it. Um, but that, but there's, there's, that's unexpected luck with kickers. It's expected. That's what I'm saying is you're, you're adding, you're just adding luck. You're just saying, Hey, we're going to add a spot. That's a hundred percent luck. Unless your name is Goskowski. Yeah. Well, either way, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent opposed to getting rid of kickers, but, and I said that last week, but I do like having them because They've always been there in the leagues that I've been in. So maybe if I play one without it, I'll see the wave. <laughs> yeah, like I said, AJ, you you sound like the old lady in the uh, in the admissions department at the university I work at that's been there for 40 years and says, oh, we can't have that new system because I don't know how to use it. I don't like change. But anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> well, anyway, like man, I just so- said earlier in the show, people don't like change. Oh, maybe you, I'm one of those. You were people. talking about yourself, anyway. Maybe I am. <laughs> one of the things I do best. Indeed. Anyway, man. Um, so, Jake, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. That's all we had uh, for you, since you don't want to, uh, since you don't want to join us in some oh, NBA okay, talk. Uh, uh, yeah, um, nah. <laughs> but oh, wait, what? Um, Are we even talking NBA? That's yes, not on bro, the relax. Did you look at anything today? No, of course not. Um, look, look, even I know, free agency kicks off Friday. You have to talk NBA if you're a show that talks about NBA. Exactly. Although Kevin Durant's not going anywhere because he can count money. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, well, that that covers the first topic of that. Thanks. For for <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter. And you know, I already told them you can find you on Roto Experts and the Fantasy Network. So, so you just left the one for me? Yeah, at All In Kid. Yeah, just the one left. <laughs> yeah, I I actually don't memorize your your Twitter handle. So, um, <laughs> anyway, um, 
yeah, so thanks for coming on, man. Uh, hopefully we can get you on here again and, and uh, talk some sense into these clowns I work with. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, have a good night. All right, thanks, guys. I mean, before we get into the uh, the NBA talk, I feel like we should get into some of this uh, baseball news. There's actually some pretty big injuries that have that have come up um, the last few days. Um, the Mets, uh, you know, a couple of their big time pitchers here, uh, Thor and Steven Matz, dealing with bone spurs in their in their elbows. Um, they're both so. Syndergaard is, you know, the rumor. The rumor is not true with Syndergaard apparently, but we'll see. His performance has come, you know, his has uh, has been not so good the last couple weeks or the last couple games. So I'm kind of thinking maybe there is, um, but with with Stephen Matz, it's definitely confirmed. He struggled against the Braves of all teams, so. I'm 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 pretty worried about both of them. Uh, I've even dropped them in my rest of season rankings. I mean, what what what's your quick thought on these guys? Well, yeah, I feel like Syndergaard worries me more just because he was probably projected to be playing longer this season. You know, Matts was most likely going to be shut down, and it wasn't going to be you know, any kind of surprise, but now does that come earlier at this point? You know, that, that kind of sucks because nobody really projected him to go out this early, um, obviously. So I think, you know, Syndergaard's more of a power guy. And I think that him, you know, with as hard as he throws, that could be more detrimental to him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm definitely, like I said, definitely worried about both. Um, Steven Strasburg hit the deal. I know we talked about him last week. Um, and we talked about the back issues. He was supposed to have only missed one start. He ended up missing the second start and then promptly got placed on the DL. Um, so he's going to miss at least one more start. Um, my guess is he's going to miss more. There's really no official timetable yet. It's an upper back strain. So... There we go with Strasburg again. He's on the DL. He's kind of one of the big reasons why I don't draft this guy. He's just always seems like he's dealing with something at some point in the season. And I know injuries happen, but, you know, same thing with football. Like, you, you don't draft guys that are injury prone. I, you know, you stay away from some of these guys in, in all sports. That's what I do, at least. Uh, unless you're getting a super value on it. But you weren't getting a super value on Strasburg. Um, no, I, mean, I know he, you like, the, I know you like and... the guy. I did, I do, and you know, I mean, I, I say I did. I, I was high on him coming into this season just based on how he finished out last season, and he came out in, in this season, and he's been awesome. So, yeah, you know, he backed he backed those thoughts up and and everything, but you know, it, you always kind of have to have that in the back of your head, and I really was ignorant to to his former injuries and figured out oh, whatever he'll be good I don't have him on any of my teams this year but I think I'm okay with that now because he's not going to hurt me All right um, so we'll find out what what he he can do though yeah another guy uh 
Best pitcher in the game, man. Clayton Kershaw dealing with lower back soreness. Uh, he's actually, I believe he's headed back to L.A. to get an MRI, which doesn't sound very good. Uh, he's supposed to, you know, try and pitch through it. They don't think it's anything super serious, but uh, I watched the game Sunday night, and he didn't look all that great, you know. It, it wasn't apparent that he was dealing with an injury, but he was getting hit pretty hard by the Pirates. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that's not what you expect from Kershaw. So I'm sure we're going to hear some news soon there, and, and Kershaw owners will definitely be very, very, very interested. Um, Branky, um, he was removed from yesterday's start with an obl- with oblique tightness. Um, I mean, nothing's been said yet that I can that I've seen, but I think you and I can both agree here that he's likely headed to the DL. He'll, uh, you know, oblique, oblique strains, oblique tightness, whatever it ends up being, those are, are pretty tricky injuries. Those usually knock people out for a few weeks. So um, that, that's a shame because Granky was really starting to turn things around after a pretty horrible start. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I was what were gonna say, say I, I think it's, I think it's funny just because we we've talked about him so much this year in general and you know, how he had such a rough start, and then, you know, he started to turn it around. But, I, I mean, it's like you, you just can't trust this guy right now. So, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a shame. It really is. And, you know, you mentioned it, you know, the couple of guys that <laughs> you traded me, man. Um on the on the both on the DL now, Alex Colomb. Um, you know, I was looking for a, a relatively cheap closer from you. I just kind of wanted something that I could count on, and he's been he's been tremendous this year. Um, but as soon as I traded for him, the the Rays decided to not win a single game. Not his fault at all. He never pitched for me, and then he goes on the DL with I believe it's bicep tendonitis. So they're saying he could come back on Monday and. You know, it'll be nothing, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. Nothing's been officially uh, said yet. And then Joe Panic, uh, I guess he, I guess he got hit in the head with a with the ball a couple of games ago. He passed all the concussion tests then, but now a couple of days after, he's you know showing signs, you know, symptoms of the concussion. So they've put him on a seven day DL, and we've seen concussions knock baseball players out for weeks. I mean, that's just I'm like really nervous here because now I don't. Have a second baseman. <laughs> so I traded you my other second baseman. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> kind of a blower for me, man. I'm not I'm not in a good mood with with that right there because I'm already dealing with other guys on my on my DL that I can't move like Gary Cole. So it is what it is, but you know it just sucks. Um, I believe that's pretty much it for the for the major injury like news and and injuries here. I don't I don't know if you've Heard anything else that you want to bring up? That's all I had written down. Um, no, I think that's pretty much all that I've really seen. So, cool. All right, man. Well, so run into some NBA free agency here. You know, I know you're not the the biggest basketball fan, but you know, like Jake said, like Jake Seeley said, it starts on Friday. It's a big topic. Maybe, you know, we've got some fancy basketball listeners, but, you know, just 
sports related news, man. Like, you know, you got you got to talk about it here. Um obviously the big one is KD. He's he's knocked it down to 5 and and you know, all of our Wizards friends, Wizard fans friends or, you know, in the in the area disappointed he didn't pick the Wizards as one of his finalists, but come on, we all knew that wasn't happening. Uh but his finalists are Golden State, San Antonio, the Clippers, Miami and Boston. I was actually surprised to see Boston on this list. Um, the the rest of them make some sense. Miami definitely a notch below the other three as well. But Boston, I feel like is even a notch below Miami. I, I mean, I know my, I know Boston was decent this year, but if he's looking to go to like a winner now and pair up with somebody, like he'd go from Westbrook to Isaiah Thomas. Like, eh. I think Thomas is good, but Ooh. you're going from like arguably another top five player in the NBA to a top fifty player in the NBA. I mean, it's it does doesn't make sense. So I'm pretty much ruling that one out. Um, I mean, I, and then obviously OKC is on here too. I mean, I think he's going back, like Jake said. I just think the money is there, and then he can sign for even bigger money next year anywhere he wants when the salary cap goes up again. It just makes more sense. Um, and they were good. I mean, they almost made the finals. They should have knocked out Golden State. That was ridiculous um, what Golden they, State did to them. They definitely should have. I mean, they, they got robbed on that series. But, you know, they kind of choked at the same time, I feel like. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that if they go to the Spurs, I can see that, you know, they've got such a good core of guys, you know, whether or not they're going to keep Ginobili, I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, it's kind of hard to imagine him playing anywhere else, but I almost feel like it's kind of hard to imagine KD playing anywhere else too. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. If he doesn't stay in uh, OKC, I, I still think Golden State's probably going to be the landing spot. Yeah, Golden State's definitely ready to move everybody and anybody. It seems like you know, after the the big three that they've already got to to fit KD yeah. in there, you gotta wonder. Like, I mean, they won the championship two years ago. They almost won it this year. You're really gonna mess with that? I mean, I know KD is obviously like an exception to all of that, but you could potentially break up all that chemistry and chemistry in basketball, as we've seen is, is huge. Like you can have awesome players, but if the chemistry isn't there, it just doesn't work. And so it, that, that's an interesting one to me. I kind of think the Spurs would be the best fit because even though you've got those other aging stars there, you still have Kawhi, you still have LaMarcus Aldridge. Like those are two top notch players. You had a KD. That's a, that's a, legit legit team again um not that they weren't this year i mean they were number two in the west you know for the season but it's a it's a really good team um and it's just i mean it's title contender for sure with kd there but i still think he stays but um i, I kind of think the spurs would be second in line um Moving on, though, um, just going down the list here. Andre Drummond, he's a restricted free agent. I kind of think he'll – you know, I, I don't think the Pistons are going to let him go anywhere. Um, restricted free agent, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, is 
he can get offers from other teams, but the team he's currently on has the option to match the offer and retain him. So I don't think the Pistons are going to let him go anywhere, um, and they shouldn't. Uh, Al Horford is an interesting one. I, I, you know, I, I think he's, I think he's going to walk from from Atlanta, and um, you know some of the teams that are that are rumored to go after him are, you know, Miami, the Warriors. You know, if the KD thing doesn't work, uh, the Blazers, the Spurs, um, the Wizards are another team, and I would absolutely love this move for the Wizards. We have lacked a dominant big man for such a long time. Um, and, and Horford can be that. Um, he can be another guy that can help out John Wall and Beal. And, and uh, I think he would, he would elevate the Wizards to uh, another level to where I, I, don't, I still don't think they could beat Cleveland in a series, but, you know, they could be right there with them. Uh, especially if Beal and Wall take, you know, another step forward in their in their progression um, as players. Mike Conley is is probably the the best point guard on on the list here. Uh, kind of an underrated guy. You kind of forget about him in Memphis. You know, he doesn't score a ton of points. Um, I don't believe he's ever really like top in you know well he's decent for assists he i think he, i think he usually averages around seven or eight so you know it's pretty good uh but he's not up there with like wall and chris paul where he averages like 10 a game um but you know he he's run a a, a good a good team for years in memphis uh they've just been so you know I, I think some of the some of the teams that are looking at him or teams like the spurs you know they're looking for point guards uh you know both <laughs> Uh, Tony, you know Tony Parker's getting up there, obviously, and they're always having to rest him. So uh, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, if it's not them, I kind of think he might just stay uh, because he could get a lot of money, you know, a lot more money if he stays, kind of like KD. Uh, Dwayne yeah, Wade's. I heard. Huh. I heard a little bit about Conley too earlier today. It just, um, I think it was uh, they were talking about basically, you know, how he's really excelled in Memphis and he's helped that team kind of come into prominence. And then he was fighting off injuries. So that's why they got knocked out. Um, but they had a uh, fighting injuries with think, everybody this year. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, if I remember correctly, and if I'm way off and uh, I'm going to blame it on my not knowing anything about the NBA, but I want to say that the, they had, Golden State down in the series last year in the playoffs, but you know then that injury cropped up, I believe, and and he was out, and then Golden State went on to win and you know have their record season. But I, I could be thinking of something else. But I thought that's what they were saying today. So I mean the guys, the guy's a decent player. Uh, I, I think that he can he can definitely help a team, whether it's Memphis if he stays and and you know, breaks in the cash or goes somewhere else, you know, to another contender. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on real quick, I, uh, you know, no Wade, uh, Wade's an interesting one to me because he's, he's been with Miami his entire career. You know, he's the face of that franchise. You know, I kind of, you know, he was even really kind of the face of that franchise, even when LeBron was there to me, like it just felt like, 
it was Miami. It was Wade. Like that's what you thought of. You didn't think of LeBron um, as much as the ESPN blasted his face everywhere. But yeah, you know he he I, had I he had contract he had contract disputes last year, and they signed him to a one year twenty million dollar year. Um, he held that team together this year, um, but they look like they're not really looking to give him a long-term deal, not not looking to give him the money that he wants at least. Um, they're actually talking about giving more money to Hassan Whiteside, and I don't think Dwayne Wade likes it at all, um, and nor should he. Um, but, I mean, honestly, though, it's when you think about it, it's, it's good business by Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. Um, I mean, Wade's obviously getting up there in age. He's always been an injury problem. He has to take off like back to backs a lot. And Whiteside's young, really, really good. And I mean, what what are we paying for? You're paying for pass. Like, are you going to pull a Lakers and give money to Kobe Bryant and pay him a ton of money to sell tickets? Or are you going to pay somebody who is going to be there and help you win games in the future? You know, that's that's what you've got to think of. And I think it's interesting, but, you know. I'd say part of that problem, like you said, Wade is the face of that franchise. And, yes, it may be, you know, shrewd business um, on on Riley's part to to try to offer the newer, younger guy more money to – see, you know, what what kind of reaction it elicits from Wade. If you think about it, too, Wade hasn't won a championship there without another superstar. You know, the first one was Shaq, and, you know, granted it was towards the end of Shaq's career, really was the end of Shaq's career, but he could still play. You know, they brought the championship there, and then nothing after Shaq leaves until LeBron and Chris Bosh get there. And, you know, not to take anything away from Dwayne Wade. I, I love Wade. I think he's a great player. Um, but he he can't do it on his own. So if they're trying to throw money at, at, you know, a worthwhile player, he should be happy about that if he's trying to stay there and or, you know, bring KD on uh, or or some other superstar that's going to help them get back to where they used to be. Um, but I don't I don't think they can do it without you know a, a real big name and, and solid player. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I honestly don't even really know what teams are going after these guys. You know, I've kind of I've kind of heard that the Wizards are, are looking at Whiteside. I just don't see it happening. Um, I kind of think Whiteside is going to stay too. Nicholas Batum is another guy, though, uh, that's being that's being rumored to be uh, looked at by the Wizards, and that that would be an awesome pick. I I'm absolutely in love with Nicholas Batum's game. He's a really well-rounded, all-around type of player. He can score. He can hit. The th- <clears throat> excuse me. He can hit the three. He can play defense. He rebounds. He you know. He can kind of he can almost play point guard when you need him to, um, you know he's he's always kind of like a, a low end triple double threat type of guy, um, but like I would absolutely love it. The only problem is you know, I still kind of like Otto Porter. I think he can turn into something good, but 
I'll move aside Otto Porter for a couple of years to bring in Nicholas Batum and see what happens. You know, if we can get like him and Horford or like him and Whiteside, I would be ecstatic this year. And I would, <laughs> I, I would go to a lot more games and watch because I think the Wizards would be awesome. But of course, that would all depend on if we sign Bradley Beal. Um, I've been kind of on the fence of whether or not I want to re-sign Bradley Beal because the guy is always injured. He's so fragile. He's made of glass. Um, But you can't deny that when he's in the game and he's healthy, he's an absolute game changer. The guy can just lights out, shoot the ball. He's not Steph Curry or Klay Thompson, but he's easily the next tier below those two. And he makes a huge difference and he can, you know, he just stretches the floor. It just, he's awesome. So, you know, that, that's, that's big for the wizards. I think they're going to sign him. Um, I, I, I don't even know where other people, you know, what other teams are looking at him. Um, yeah, pretty much like I'm, I'm reading something now. It's basically, you know, they're, he's going to be a max player. Um, it just sounds like he's going to get signed by the Wizards, which, which is fine with me. And the last one, I just I don't like this player anymore. I do not like him at all. I haven't liked him for a few years. Dwight Howard. The list that I actually pulled up, it ranked all of the free agents. I was shocked to see that Dwight Howard was ranked number nine on that list, ahead of guys like Bradley Beal and Batum and Dirk. And, you know, Guys like, even guys like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could go on like, even guys like Ryan Anderson, I think, could be better than him as far as like team value. Ty, Dwight Howard to me is, he's so complacent. Like, he's just, if he's not interested, he's not trying hard. And that pisses me off. Like, it, he, seems like he just kind of gave up on the Rockets and then the Rockets gave up on him for good reason. Like they said, peace, bye-bye. We don't want you anymore. They didn't pick up his player option. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it'd be interesting like, to so see dominant. If, if maybe he goes to Miami, um, you know, get back in the sunshine state, but I, I don't know. I, I think his, his skill sets just doesn't seem to be there anymore. Uh, and his his desire to play really doesn't seem to be there anymore. So uh, I just I don't know I don't know what to to take. When he's always him. injured, I mean he's got backs he's got like severe back problems. It seems like that just are not going to go away. So you've got to deal with that. But I've heard the the Warriors like if they don't get KD, they're going to go after him and let uh and let Bogut walk. I mean I guess you're dealing with one injured center for another. Um, I, I, you know, yeah. I don't think anybody could, ar- I don't think anybody would argue with you that Howard is not better than Bogut as far as talent wise, but it's, you know, do you really want a Dwight Howard on that team? Like, uh, it just seems like a bad, a bad I recipe. Think, yeah. Like, I just I don't, don't like him. I don't think, think he's a good locker room guy. Him. Yeah. I mean, as much as I don't like Kobe, like the one good thing Kobe did was call out Dwight Howard. Like it was funny. He basically called him a lazy, you know what? Um, yeah. So it, it, yeah, it, it was, 
it's interesting. I don't know. I, I didn't really want to talk about it, but I just thought it was very interesting that this, this list and it's uh it's SB nation actually has a list of the 117 free agents this, this summer. And they ranked at Roy Howard number nine and it, and it shocked me big time there. So anyway, I believe, uh, I believe we've got another special guest on here. Uh, AJ, you want to introduce him? Yeah, it's Dick Bisbee. Uh, got a quick soapbox rant for the day. If it's raining, turn your damn headlights on, please. Stop driving like a dick. <laughs> God. Uh, that was good. I'm, the I'm second, gonna the second installment in. in my driving with... Dri- <laughs> That's like the third one, isn't it? About driving? I don't know. The first one was the tissue box one. Don't the do that either. Was- You're an idiot. The second one was the the millennial that you like about chokehold it or whatever. Well, that was just millennials. <laughs> I, was that from driving? No, I think that was a, yeah. What you really like idiot. cutting you off or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, anyway. it was. You're right. Uh, yeah, third yeah, about that. Six third installment of. <laughs> Apparently, we have learned something about AJ. Then he's got road rage. Um, just a little bit. I. I don't have road rage. Dick Bisbee's a menace on the streets. All right, I mean, all right. You, you do what you can, and this guy is just picked off. I mean, simple simple rules to live by on the road, though. Don't put a tissue box on your rear deck because you're not going to use it. Don't drive in the rain without your headlights on because you're going to die, and you're probably going to kill somebody <laughs> else. So good for you. And oh don't gosh. drive in the city and not let people merge. Idiots. <laughs> uh, you make me laugh, man. All right, so we gotta close this show out. Uh, I was really hoping to get it done by ten, since we started a little late to accommodate Jake. But I was definitely glad he came on uh, again. Check him out, All In Kid on Twitter, and um, and uh, on Roto Experts and the Fantasy Network. But we do have one Twitter question I wanted to get to. So, in a dynasty league, would you trade J.D. Martinez for Adam Jones and the number nine pick in the 2017 draft? Now, I did follow up with this guy, and I asked him how many players are kept each year. And I believe he told me... Of course I can't find the answer right now because it just would be too easy. Um, But I believe he told me it was like 30 players or something like that. So so it's quite a bit. Um, My feeling is still no. Like unless you're really slipping down the – the standings and you, and you're really trying to go for it this year. Um, I just, I just don't think, yeah, each team must keep 31 players <clears throat> with five of them being prospects. So it's 26 players total of 26 active players and five prospects. Active. So, well, you're, you're taking a hit in average. You're gaining homers and RBIs. Sort and of. You're, so, losing, I mean, you're losing OP. Not not by a lot. Uh, Jones is sixteen and fifty 
JD is at 12 and 39, but JD's also been out for right. What, I think that's part of the reason why he's trying least. to trade. Yeah, I think that's so, why he's trying to trade him. You know, he wants he wants guys now to have, help him. You also have two years on Jones with Martinez, and, and Martinez is really coming into his own. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's really where Jones was, if not slightly above where Jones was when he was 28, I feel like. Um, I agree. I, I still like Jones, and it, it really depends on on who's out there that you could potentially get with that ninth pick. But if you're keeping, to, what, 26, he said, active players, I mean, that's still a pretty good pool to, to grab from, I feel like. So if you could get... Jones, who who seems to be turning it on right now. I mean, he started off horribly, so yeah. I I don't hate the trade because you're you're going to be without Martinez for another few weeks at least. So you know, yeah, you're really looking to if if it's if you have enough depth where you could maintain and you know kind of stay where you are this year. Maybe no, but if you're trying to get better for this year, I, I think you have to do it. Yeah, that's that's basically what I told him. My answer was I hold. You know, of course, this is Twitter, so it's all you know, I gotta get in as much as I can. Yeah, I said I, I, you know, I hold unless you're slipping the standings without JD healthy. Um, I said when he comes back, he's you know he's slightly better than than Adam Jones. So, and you know keep. Exactly your point there, and I didn't say this in there because I ran out of characters, but in a dynasty league, JD is more valuable, way more valuable than Adam uh, Jones. Well, I mean, we've, we've oh, yeah. seen it with for a couple of years now. He's, you know, he's starting to get up there in age. Injuries are starting to get get to him. We saw it this year, you know, in the beginning of the year. I think, you know, I think he was dealing with a bit of a shoulder injury early on, and, and it hurt him last year even. So, yeah, I kind of think, um, you know, I, I kind of think, you know, we we both agree there. Hold if you can, if if you're desperate and you just need to get help right now, then 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 go get Adam Jones. But um, yeah, couple couple last minute flicks to throw out there injury wise. You asked if I had anything while well, I'm looking at my one team. Now I do. Uh, Trevor Story wasn't in tonight's lineup for the Rockies. He's still dealing with a bruised finger. Um, he did play last night after sitting out Monday. Um, so he seems to be more of a day-to-day thing. Um, but Lorenzo Cain looks like he is oh, on yeah. the DL. He is. He, uh, he's got a grade one plus hamstring strain. Um, so it sounds like he, he should be able to come off the DL after the minimum 15 days, but they have officially put him on a DL today. Um, so yeah, I totally forgot about that. I meant to write first game, I heard that earlier. <laughs> Yeah, first game after the All Star break is uh, is when he can return, when he's eligible to return. So Jared Dyson's going to be the uh, the main man in center field. I think get those steals, man. If you need help in steals and roto yeah. leagues, go grab Dyson. Man. Yeah, he'll be he'll be money for you there. Um, yeah. And actually, I'm looking at one other thing on Roto World right now. Um, Syndergaard finally acknowledged the bone spur. In his elbow. So there you go. Um, About time. 
I know, right? It's only been like a week since he's been denying it. But I mean, well, that's all I've got. Uh, I want to close out by saying uh, over on the um, another another fantasy six pack podcast started last week. So I want to make sure that you all go over and listen to the fantasy edge with Richard Seville. He's been a guest over here many, many times and Kevin Huo, who's been a guest over here, I believe a couple different times talking some football. Uh, they're both writers for fantasy six pack and uh, it's, it's Thursdays at 10 PM pretty late, but uh, it's definitely worth it. And I, I was the their first guest last week and it was a good show. So definitely give it a listen over there and um, yeah. See, uh, you know, we're done tonight, and see you all next week. Same time, same channel. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one.